Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast, episode 230. My name is AJ Bingham, founder and CEO of Bingham Group, and joining me as always is Associate Hannah Garcia. Hello, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Today, again, we're wrapping up the week of January 1st, and off we go. And I think it started off with uh, some really eventful news. We had an announcement. It came well, It came over the holiday uh, the holiday weekend, wherever it was, Jan- uh, on the 26th of December. But news, an update from Mayor Watson's office about the city manager search. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know they're they're getting it they're gonna get it going really fast. So we have the the uh, application process opens up, I believe, on February twelfth. I believe so. Yeah. Correct. And it's I mean at least according to the 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 council message board post, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. It was also in the reads on January second, but they want to have a selection made, no rush, but they could make us yeah they're. Aiming for selection, it seems in April, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, we had, before before that posting on the twenty sixth of December, we we knew, like the the, the surest date we knew was when they wanted to have a someone hired, and that was in September of twenty four. Yeah, so they're definitely ahead of schedule right now. So hopefully they can keep up that momentum. Yeah. So and to correct correcting myself, the application process will start on February twelfth, and. Uh, just again, we'll have links to links to this in the show notes. But the group that, that's contracted to do the search, Jose Public Partners, will begin reviewing candidates to council in early March and to arrive at a group of finalists. The goal, though, again, is by mid-April for the for council to decide on a new city manager. What do you think on this, Hannah? Do you think it just over and under odds of uh, actually happening on that timeline? I think it's very likely going to take probably. Not significantly longer, but slightly longer than what they're saying. I think that's a very ambitious goal, but we've seen that um, you know community engagement takes time, mm-hmm. a lot of time, and so they, they definitely need to bank that in, and hopefully they are. Um, you know, the last city manager search was a bit of a um, abbreviated. E- well, it was, no. it was not only that, but it was, I think there was a lot of issues because of the fact that it was, it was you know, a lot of it was behind closed doors and the community engagement, I think, wasn't what the public necessarily wanted. Yeah. And I think, again, balancing this right with your, like with any job process, you know, folks who are ideally looking to be our next team manager may be coming from, I mean, ideally the candidates we're getting are ones who aren't looking for a new job or aren't don't have to leave their current jobs, per yeah. way of putting it. And so A players typically... You're assuming if you're the employer, or the boss, that they're always that they're could be recruited right, but no one wants to know. Like, you're, if you're looking for a job, you want your boss to know you're looking for a new job. Yeah. Ideally, if your job is safe. Yeah. Right, and so I think there's that line too. Okay, well, eventually at some point, obviously, finalists have to be public or publicized, made public, and you know that community engagement process to happen. I think the timing of that and everything else. I mean, that that's what. Um, and we'll, we'll see on the on the timeline of this. I on the I would say this council of any council um, has shown this last year, you know, the ability to move with speed and deliver deliberate speed on getting things done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, on weighty issues. Now, obviously, city manager. We'll get to why this is important in a second. Right. I mean, on weightier policy issues this last year, in the first year for several council members, uh, who we shouted out in last week's episode. Um, you know they we they achieved a lot you know and they got they had the the engagement they wanted or we, they they including community engagement um and she you know and she passing policy I think yeah there's 
as we know in the Austin, I don't think it's a, a secret. There is a definitely desire for community engagement above and beyond, which I think you'll see nationally in, in certain in areas, right? Um, and ultimately, it's council's prerogative on how they want to operate and move on this. There are pros and cons to, I don't think it needs to be a, a drawn out process, right? And again, I think we've we've seen this last year. They've at least, you know, there's going to be people who don't, who don't agree with the speed which they operate, but they've been able to achieve uh, policy positions and seek public input and get it and make their votes. Yeah. So we shall see, but that process for city manager will start, or our new city manager will start on February 12th. And according to the timeline posted in the council message board, again, with no need for council to feel rushed on this, but for the potential, potential for a city manager to be picked, selected by council in early to mid-April. But uh, we'll keep you all posted on that um, because I'm sure those council meetings about that vote, and, and really depending on who those count, th those finalists are. Yeah. I think that's going to be the, the tail of the tape across the board, and we'll be watching that. And again, why this is important is because the city manager, as we've said on numerous, numerous episodes at this point, is the... CEO of the city for all intents and purposes. Well, they are the CEO of the city. That role is has um, the day-to-day -day administrative power, executive power to operate the city. That includes the hiring and firing of our police chief, fire chief, uh, EMS, and, and so on down the chain. And we've seen in this last year, coming up almost a year of uh, interim city manager Garza's uh, tenure with us. I think he, he, he was appointed in February, February. I believe, after our last winter storm. Um, the substantive changes that he's made, uh, both at the top line of city executive staff, but also just overall departments. And that's worth, I think Hannah, you know, you did a good job in that last year of the, the overall tracking the red lines on that. Yeah, we're, we're the, coming back with another one soon. Yeah, that was, I was going to say that's, that's worth a revisit just to refresh our, even ourselves on, on the changes that have happened. But again, these are all things that, that whoever, whoever the new city manager is, Will inherit, and I think it's going to be interesting to see. We'll see it as happening about how much, you know, what they inherit and how they want on want to what they want to keep and don't keep, including, you know, certain roles that were, were selected, right? Because they're in that seat now. Yeah. Which I mean, I think would be expected of any CEO coming in, and so it's going to be an interesting year, and, it, and it'll be an interesting year. This twenty four already, I think quarter for at least, and then definitely going into twenty twenty five in January, whenever that new city manager formally takes the seat. We do know going that, that at least interim city manager Garza will be here through our through this year's budget cycle. Mm -hmm. And so I think the tail of the tape is gonna be when that person starts where where that person where that new city manager comes from, you know, I know there are certain members of council who are desirous to have someone who comes from a council manager form of government. And just to remind people again, that's the system we have now, council manager certain large cities such as Houston, which is the only city in Texas that does this, that has a manager or executive mayor former government, I forgot the exact term, but the mayor in the city of Houston now, Mayor, former Senator John, John Whitmire, is the executive of the city. So there is no city manager um, there. In other cities like Boston, New York, the major cities of, of the United States have the executive power vested with the mayor. And this is a note, when we had a vote on this, what, two, was it two years ago now? Like two, uh, mate, two, two four years ago? Years ago four years ago now. Four years ago, flown by, yeah. where there was a, a drive um, by segment of, segment of Austin to move move us to a, a, um, a strong, a, a strong there we go, a strong mayor, home government. And that went down pretty resoundingly. Yeah. 
Um, what, I mean, I remember we, you had to start here then, but I had thought about, okay, what was, if that had happened, because that role, it would have moved the mayor off the dais into, and then it would have, oh, there was another proposition on that ballot that would have created a, or a new council seat to fill that role. We would have had a council president, and then there would have been the veto power of the council to the mayor and back and forth. And yeah. so it would have made, you know, we'll see. Austin, I'm sure at some point we evolve, may go to that. Um, there are pros and cons to both. As we look at it, our goal as always was to, so how can we serve our clients in any kind of system? So it would be interesting. Very yeah. interesting, I say. For sure. So more to come on that, but that's um, that was major news coming to kick the week off, and it will for every sector of Austin, nonprofit, for profit, anything that anything any business from Trista touches the city um, should be of all things going on this year. Be watching this process. We'll be covering it both on the BG podcast as well as the reads and uh, other content. But y'all, we can't express this enough how important uh, this whole selection process will be for at least the net the rest of the remainder of the decade of, of Austin. I don't I mean ideally this per, whoever gets selected will be for at least five years. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That'd be hopeful. Uh so that something to keep in mind this this role will uh will will go through several cycles of council. Um ideally someone can carry us in the next decade. And so it's gonna yeah. be where they come from, the kind of government they came from, their pulse, their responses to I'm sure there'll be some community surveys. All those things, um, you know, I, I, it's as equally as important as selection of a council member or mayor, and just slightly more, more only because that person is the once they're in. I mean, they can be removed. We saw it happen last year, but it's, um, it's not, it, it's they do that. They're in charge of everything that happens day to day. So I think they're that's going to impact your your life. So it's important to watch, and we'll keep you know keep you updated on that. Yeah. And what do we have next going on? Yeah, so council has started to release their 2024 priorities, and we've seen, you know, some alignment. Um, but um, everyone is pretty, you know, after recapping last year, I think we saw, you know, Velasquez, uh, Kadri, and Ryan Alter all go, you know, head first into the housing pool. Mm, freshman um, class, a part of the freshman class. Yeah, yeah, and so um, you know that we saw Alter do some some tangible stuff related to student housing. Um, among other things, he's had some very, very great technical amendments on the dais, um, as well as Zoe passing the parking, um, elimination of parking requirements, and then... Which made uh, national news in NPR. Yeah, because it's, it's huge. I think we're, we're one of the largest cities to do it. I think Dallas and other cities are going to follow suit soon, but we shall see. And then, um, as well as uh, District 3, Jose Velasquez, um, he's he has been quoted saying, you know, we're doing exactly what we set out to do, and, and I think we've we've seen that. He's always talked about making the city more equitable. Um, we're seeing him do that with things like the um, initiative that'll um, allow for some financial assistance to those trying to utilize the home initiative, um, among a lot of other things. He's been out in the community, constantly meeting with people, and you know, back to housing. Council Member uh, Jose Velas might have the most progressive. Uh, housing policy in the country, which is, is pretty crazy mm-hmm. to think about. Um, as, as someone who's been here my whole life, you as well, that's, I think, unheard of. Yeah. But now we're seeing, you know, really, really great things come out of the, um, out of council that are, that are rather progressive that a lot of people have been talking about and advocating for for decades. So, um, you know, I think we'll see how 2024, um, fleshes out and, and we'll see kind of how if we keep that progressive mm-hmm. line of thought because you know we have you know compatibility and um 
equitable transit oriented corridors or something like that. It's ETOD. Is the mm-hmm. ETOD. Very good. And then um, home part two, uh, a lot of re- of stuff that could could make us the most progressive city, um, as well as a lot of transit improvements. Mm-hmm. And so, um, hopefully, that's that's still the case. Yeah, I mean, if if last year and again it was the first year for several of these council members, is any indication, it's going to be. You know, you and I were talking about this earlier in the week on, on Tuesday. Um, a continuation of a lot of progressive and really aggressive moves on land land uh, land development code reform, right? I mean, across the board, and again, both from the from the now the sophomore council members, but also some some veterans like Council Member Leslie Poole. Yeah, yeah, and she's and she's in her last year. Go ahead. She's entering her final year of a of a very busy decade. I think we've seen her kind of do a, a big. Um, I guess 180? 180, yeah, exactly. It, you know, she was typically standing with groups that were more anti-development, didn't want that much um, to sit on um, anything that had the, the single-family zoning attached to it. And I think she, her, among a lot of other people in this city, are starting to kind of ease into it a little bit more, mm-hmm. recognizing that, uh, you know, density is going to come whether we like it or not. It's just a matter that we should make it um, so that everyone can yeah. enjoy it. I mean, again, her votes, I, mean, I think we talked about this on the last episode, if you... On the three or so policy proposals she she presented or led on and passed last year, uh, if you had asked people, even including us in twenty twenty two, hey, where she is standing on this as a vote, not knowing who is whose policy it was, it wouldn't have been her. Yeah, exactly. And all, and so I'm curious to see. I think with this current council, I mean, it's going to be I think the same trajectory on on maybe whether I don't know where her office has in store. Well, they have they have home too or part two. Um, but for the rest, I mean, I think we have, we're going to share with a better, a clearer indication of where they stand on policy. We didn't last year, both because when they got sworn in, remember that too, they got sworn in and then immediately we had a winter storm. Yes. And so a lot of, pretty much the whole quarter was, was lost because of both because of the storm and storm and then post storm response. You had the you had the removal of of city manager Spencer Crunk, the appointment of interim city manager city uh, interim city manager Jose Jesus Garza, and then the changes that happened on that right the dominoes of that one, and so a lot just kind of paused because I think a lot of changes needed to happen or were hap- weren't that needed they were happening on the city staff side, and so even if council's moving staff was kind of just. You know, new leadership changes like happening pretty much every week, yeah. right? Or so every two weeks or something like that. It just was you're not you know, and, and staff ultimately, you know, the council directs the policy, might set the policy, but it's it's enacted ultimately by city staff. Yeah, yeah, and so um, a lot of big changes. We're finally kind of entering a, a nice little plateau where everyone's. Um, you know, not necessarily fighting a learning curve while mm-hmm. they're trying to do their job. And also it's working with their, each other too, right? Yeah. I mean, coming in the year, a lot of members weren't able to really, they didn't, they didn't really start meetings. It, things got delayed. So we even working with their council offices, just understanding where people stand on things, let alone what all, your office is going to lead on. I think we have a better, way clearer indication of that now. And we do expect, we can't tell you what's going to happen, but there's going to be movement, um, you know, I think a strong movement around land use or LDC reform as it was last year. Yeah, yeah, they're going to keep going. Um, additionally, kind of in the same vein as land use, we saw um, a large group of council members really led by uh, Paige Ellis 
Um, still Mayor Pro Tem, right? Still Mayor Pro Well, no, she's Leslie Poole's... Well, they haven't met them convenient. Oh, yeah, true. So, so she's still until... Mayor. We'll get to that, too, but she has, yeah, until, she's still Mayor Pro Tem. Okay. Um, she, uh, they, we saw them kind of publicly come out against I-35 um, in their current plans, and so there's, they've made a lot of um, headway in getting you know, TxDOT to do more um, investments in the environment and studies about how this could affect the community. Mm -hmm. So that's great stuff. Yeah, so more to come there. We give a shout out to our favorite news source, the Austin Monitor. We'll link uh, to the profiles they did on all the council members, including mayors, priorities for 2024, as well as recaps they did in 2023. But great work to all the writers of Austin Monitor. Shout out to y'all, you're our favorite sources. Um, on the horizon, council will be back in session on January, 6th, January 16th for a work session, followed by the, on the 18th for a regular session. And we are underway. We have a link to the 2024 council uh, meeting calendar in the show notes. But, uh, you know, we do expect it to be a busy year. And then also, of course, on the on the horizon are or actually now are the 2024 elections. Mm -hmm. So note on that again, uh, Mayor Watson, Mayor Kirk Watson hasn't declared yet, but we expect he will be declaring formally for election. He stated he wants to run for election. He'll be formally declaring that I'm, I'm certain, I'm sure... In the near term, soon, so soon some point, uh, but he'll he'll be running for election as well as council members Chito Vela, council member Vanessa Fuentes, council member Mackenzie Kelly, um, and then again District Seven Leslie Poole's seat as well as District Ten Allison Alter's seat are or will be open, and so they're already declared candidates in those two seats, and so um, it's going to be interesting to see both who steps in. Up or up or in as challengers, but also those those seats that are open. Who steps in? There've been people already people are declared, but we're way we're very very early in the election year, and there's I don't know the deadlines even until midsummer. So we have plenty of time uh, for that process to to get underway. The Chronicle posted link to this has is running has run a good profile of all the candidates so far. Um, link to that, and as always, we monitoring for new candidates they file, and linking that into BG Reads, where we have a council election watch. Hannah, anything else to add as we close out this first week of 2024 and of Q1? Um, to all my Longhorn fans out there, don't lose hope. There's always next year. There's always next the, year. We got the 12-team college football playoffs. So, um, no, that that was a rough game. That was a very hard first day of the year. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I hope everyone's having a great new year, and I'm excited to see what 2024 has in store for Austin politics. Oh, this is also the last day we can say Happy New Year. That's an office pulse. Okay. <laughs> we're, good. Yeah, okay. we're good. So Happy New Year. Blanket it for everyone else. Happy New Year. And look, we're excited to work with our all of our clients and the ones who aren't working with yet. We look forward to meeting you at some point this year. Have a great one.